0: My personal experiences taking mushrooms have helped me understand my sexuality so much better in terms of the energetic aspect of it. That is an element that is very seldomly talked about. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions. Carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Psilocybin Says. This is Courtney Rose.
0: And Eric Osborne.
1: The last episode, we talked a lot about attitude and how attitude affects every area of our life. Mm. And a big way, a great topic to lead into what we're talking about today, which is uh, being an effective leader and an effective follower Mm. and uh, being the MVP in the room and what that looks like uh, in, in real time and how we can be a better leader and a better follower for the projects we're committed to.
0: Yeah. Before we go too far, though, just want to remind everybody to check out the morethanintegration.com website. You can find out about our coaching services there and uh, check out our webinar where we talk about the three secrets to success with psychedelics. Also, a special offer for Psilocybin Says listeners. That is $250 off of our 12-week coaching program. Uh, just use the promo code Psilocybin Says.
1: So I'm curious, Eric, do you see yourself as a leader or a follower?
0: Hmm. Both, honestly, uh, if I'm being honest with myself. And uh, why, that, why I put that kind of caveat in there is because I have not seen myself as a leader. Uh, I have been a reluctant leader. And uh, I'm just starting to more so take that aspect on probably because I have started to become exposed to leadership styles that um, that I have always tried to unconsciously embody. Uh, Brene mm. Brown's a great example. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we listen to her podcast fairly frequently. Um, and it's something I didn't know how to express until... Listen to her and and Bob Proctor and and some of uh, some of the others that uh you know I use for inspiration is that the the truth is is that a, a good leader has to be a good follower. Mm-hmm. You can't be a truly effective leader mm-hmm. if you are not following a leader.-hmm
1: yeah, that's so true. We need to have role models all of us that
0: inspire us well and and also i follow the people that i'm leading Mm -hmm. right like you know yeah that's a juicy point yeah it's a weird kind of dynamic i guess but you and i create a good example of this but i can also think of other people that we work with Mm -hmm. you know uh, athena is like she she's the first person that i hired with Michael Mm -hmm. Meditations. Um, You know, she worked whatever for us, for me, for that company for, you know, like five years. Um, And now she's working with us in Sanctuary. And there have been so many times when I look back at it that she has offered suggestions or insights that. I can say that I honestly was like, yeah, that's a good idea. We need to do that. You Mm -hmm. do the same thing. There's so many people that are on our team, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: uh, and particularly like now, and I think that's a lot of part, a lot of that is because of my maturity uh, in this process. The things that I, I feel very strongly or intuit, like this is the direction we need to go. I'm more confident in Saying that we're going to keep going this direction. I know it doesn't make sense right now, but this is the direction we're going to keep going. I'm more capable of doing that confidently because I'm simultaneously taking direction from the people that I'm directing. So mm. it, it diffuses a lot of that ego. Right. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a a family where the leadership was very ego centered, mm-hmm. and you know some of the people that I've worked with over the years have been very egocentric leaders and i don't do well with that whatever we're doing whatever we're inspired to be doing it is my belief that we should be doing that to improve conditions of living for everyone around it's been a maturing process for me to understand that my leadership style is actually a style and it is actually a very effective style and mm. by doing that then i can say oh, okay i guess i am a leader
1: yeah, I definitely see you as a leader. Um more so than I see you as a follower, but yeah, like hearing you talk about being a follower of the people you lead is so powerful on several levels. Like one level I'm thinking about is time management, which I talked we talked a lot about on the last episode. Mm-hmm. But when you really trust uh the the guiding light within the people that are on your team mm-hmm. then you can more effectively do what you do really well mm-hmm. uh and you know let them do their thing mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and and that's like i mean that's so powerful i feel like that let, let's go a lot of weight Uh, that leaders can feel Mm -hmm. like I've got to do it all I've got to take care of everything
0: Um, and it diffuses that ego again you know when you've got someone that feels like they should be micromanaging every aspect of a project Mm -hmm. eh, I think that's I think that has much more to do with ego than that person trying to get it right Mm -hmm. you know so you have to you have to be able to trust the people that you have brought in, that you've associated yourself with, and trust that you brought them in for the right reasons. The part where it does become difficult for me, because I have such a tendency to um, hope that people will step up on their own accord, is when they don't. And I, I, uh, I am always trying to give people the benefit of the doubt I feel like, especially people who are really struggling, like if someone is, you know, struggling emotionally, mm-hmm. then I feel like I have a tendency to have a lot more hope for that person um, and will occasionally allow things to go on too long without you know, drawing a line, drawing a boundary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's definitely areas that i've got to to work on because you know i want to be and i am a compassionate person but it has to be compassion for for the project and for the entire team right
1: yeah there's the whole picture yeah to look at so uh you mentioned Brene brown as being someone that you you uh admire Mm -hmm. as a leader Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe even a follower what Mm -hmm. are the qualities in her that really stand out to you
0: well that she is a heart-centered compassionate leader and that she does not expect people to uh, leave parts of themselves outside of the project you know Mm. this old model that we have of compartmentalization of people. You know, it doesn't make sense. It's not effective. It's not considerate. Everybody is multifaceted and you are, you're a mother, um, you're a wife, you are a, an active health conscious person. You are someone who is highly critical of herself, you know, there's like there's just so I'm just trying to point out like maybe one of the not perfect characteristics because <laughs> you're great in well, so many ways. Well. But, you know, the, the the bottom line is, is that people are dynamic mm-hmm. and we cannot have a healthy, effective, heart centered organization that leaves that out.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I know that that's that's I've experienced that I've, mm-hmm. I've been in working environments where certain aspects of my life were not understood and I was just expected to leave that at the door and that's just not reasonable especially when it's Mm -hmm. something huge you know like right like my psychedelic nature um like my sexuality like whatever it is and that's not to mean that you know you go into your workplace and you're like talking about drugs all the time or you're talking about you know your sexual relationships all the time but these are huge parts of who we are. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anybody that I work with feeling like they have to hide any part of themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like be gay outside of work, but don't come in here gay. Dude, I mean, like what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. You, you fuck fuck yes. you and fuck that attitude. I'm not working with anybody that's like that. I'm not. Yeah. And I'm not going to have that in any organization that I'm any part of. Mm-hmm. Period.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so, so huge. I know that must surely be resonating for so many people listening. Just that piece right there. We are whole people. We're not just one piece of ourself mm-hmm. at home or one piece of ourself at work. I mean, we're all, all of us all the time. Yeah. And uh, as a mother to two little children, that is so huge. I worked for a retail Company for a long time, and when uh, I had Theo, our son, who's now four, I was just terrified that when I was pregnant with him, I was so afraid about what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be with this baby, and yet I'm a, a manager. What am I going to do? Am I going to have to leave the company in order to be with my baby? Because who's bringing their baby to work like mm. nobody that I knew was bringing their baby to work it took a lot of bravery for me to admit bringing that part of myself to work was so scary like I'm not just a manager here I am a mother here and everybody sees it all day every day <laughs> like it's yeah. not just something I talk about every once in a while it's something that Everybody's experiencing as a village. I'm an effective manager. I am good at what I do and I'm a mother and I'm with my baby here at work. You're going to see my baby. You're going to hear my baby. You're going to see me going through challenging moments as a mother in real time, not Mm -hmm. just over the phone Mm -hmm. when I'm checking in with their caretaker Mm -hmm. or whatever
0: and it doesn't mean you neglect your job or your responsibilities
1: no i mean and you know obviously there's a time and a place for that like it made sense for a certain amount of time and then it didn't my point being that i was afraid before i did it because i thought people are going to not understand this they're going to not like it they're going to be annoyed that i have a baby with me Mm -hmm. and i had all these preconceived notions about what people were going to think and then it i did it Mm -hmm. And what I saw was that people became more loving, they Mm -hmm. became more accepting of themselves. Mm -hmm. When I put myself in that vulnerable position, Mm -hmm. that was very important to me to do. People were inspired because it was a retail company and I spoke with the public all day long. So many women just couldn't, they were so inspired, they were like, if only. I could have done that. I mean, I think I would be a different, I'd be a happier person today. Uh, Like, why aren't more companies doing this? And it it gained respect for the company. You know, there was a nervousness, I think, in management, because I was the first person to ever do it at that company, Mm. which, you know, had been around since the 70s. What's going to happen? Are customers going to be annoyed? Like, what are people going to think of us? And sales grew. Uh, At the store, when I started doing that, people were coming in more and they'd say, like, I just love being here. (laughs) Like, it's such a warm environment where I feel like people are accepted. Mm -hmm. I think maybe a big reason why Brene Brown is so popular right now because she's so adamant
0: about. But people are sick of it. It's it's not authentic. Real leaders inspire authenticity, Mm -hmm. period. Uh, Because everybody that comes in this world is here perfect as they are. And they deserve to be embraced as they are.
1: How would you describe your attitude uh, today in relation to, like, being a, a leader or a follower?
0: Today, as in, like, today. Like, today, yeah, today. I'm feeling. Like, uh, right now. Well, I mean, I think that we've been seeing a lot of really positive growth in the projects that we're working on. Uh, so I'm feeling more confident and I'm seeing you know I've seen you step into your power more I've seen Athena step into hers you know we've got Brian who's coming on with us who's really Mm -hmm. stepping steps up and so that feels like when I start to see myself and I'm not like there's other people that I'm not mentioning and I'm not leaving my on purpose I'm just moving on but it does indicate to me when the people around me are stepping more into their power then that seems like i'm being more effective as a leader mm. cuz that's again that's what it's really all about i do not want i don't want followers
1: mm-hmm. right
0: i want to create leaders yeah i want to be an inspiration that's really like all i want to do is i want to it's not all i want to do i want to do you know real work but i I want to inspire other people to take up the helm their own, se- own selves and to, to trust their own vision and, and be a part of this community. You know, the church thing, uh, sanctuary, I had a certain level of resistance to that um, because of, you know, you know me, I've always resisted any kind of like guruship or, you know, mm-hmm. someone looking at you. And so then when you start a, when it's a spiritual organization, then there's even more potential for people to kind of see someone as a figurehead or as this, you know, whatever guru kind of thing. And uh, so when we when we decided that we were going to follow our heart, you know, birth this thing that really started 10 years ago, um, it was really scary. Uh, but because the people, because of the nature of, of people's conception around these kinds of things religion is such mm-hmm. a religion is a dirty word in my mind mm-hmm. and while this is a quote-unquote religious organization I see it more as it really what it is is a it's a spiritual community it's an energetic community I I've struggled with terminology around spirituality and fortunately psilocybin has helped me to see and understand spirituality as energetics basically you mm-hmm. know uh so it's not this kind of far off concept that is housed under uh you know these obscure leaders that create dogma uh, it's 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 all energy uh so watching this thing grow and being able to perceive it differently has been really helpful and you know we use the Tao Te Ching as one of our primary texts for our Sunday services and the one that we uh, read this week it uh, chapter what was it seven I think mm-hmm. uh, chapter seven just part one line in here says uh, the sage wants to remain behind but finds himself at the head of others the sage reckons him or herself out but finds themself safe and secure is it not because of selflessness that the self is realized. And that really embodies the way that I try to move in this world. I'm not saying that I consider myself a sage. I do have a certain level of wisdom, um, particularly around Soul 7. But it is in taking the back seat and allowing your followers to lead is how you actually gain real respect and credibility there's another one mm-hmm. uh god i can't i can't think of it off the top of my head but there's there's so many times in the Tao Te ching which is an, an outstanding text uh that just basically refers to the fact that the true leader is the one that puts themselves in the back the, the one that is uh, goes unnoticed Mm-hmm. You know, something like the most effective leader is the leader that's never seen, mm. and that's what I really, you know, overall want to be. I mean, I'm okay. We're doing podcasts, and you know, people see me, and you know, and I'm I'm fine with that. Um, but as this thing grows, I fully expect to take more of a a back seat, and that excites me.
1: Yeah, I really liked what you were talking about uh, at the Sunday service this past Sunday which, you know, we have the church is about to open up public services for members um, and well, public services for anybody. And then, uh, you know, discussions for members only after Mm -hmm. the service is over. And you brought up in the discussion how this has been a lesson uh, for you in the space in the mushroom space as a support person Mm -hmm. for people that balance of, you know, being of support and not um, you're just like letting them discover their own answers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's something in coaching that's it's always appealed to me about being a coach versus being uh, like the coaching model versus the therapy model
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, leans way heavier. Coaching leans way heavier on trusting the the client that they know mm-hmm. they have the answers mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to most everything they Mm -hmm. know what to do Mm -hmm. and if they are empowered enough to accept that then they will choose the thing that's right you know versus telling them what they should do which is more of like a advisor consultant type of role and there's all kinds of hats that we wear in life and oftentimes like we do need consultants and we do need like we need help with our taxes like (laughs) we don't know tax law
0: but like this is what like, think about it this way, or like, have you asked the question? Have you ever thought this way? Or you know, in directing teams, I'm like, no, this is what you need. to, I need you to do this, please. And I need you. I need you to do it this way. Yeah. You know, so those those things do come up. Yeah. Um, Blending
1: those nuggets of wisdom with yeah. like, and you know, like ultimately, you know, I only you know. It.
0: There was something, and still is, there's something so satisfying uh, in like when someone is looking to you for the answer. And you just keep backing away. You just keep putting it in their lap. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, there's that initial kind of like confusion, chaos, sometimes anger. Like, I came to you for help. I came to you for help. And you just keep backing away. And then eventually the person is forced into thinking for themselves, using their own intuition. And you're just there as a support. You know, it's so, it's such a funny and interesting thing that sometimes the most powerful form of support that we can be is just telling somebody, you, you got this, you've got the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be here. I'm here to help you talk it out. I'm here to help bounce ideas off of, And, but, like, you're going to figure this out yourself. Mm-hmm. And, like, so many times in the psychedelic space, that would take weeks Sometimes months. There's this one Im- individual that I remember working with, um, and this is a, I'd love to tell to share this example because it's so, so unique, I feel like. Um, but she came suffering with anxiety, depression, you know, malaise, life sucks, and she had everything in life. She had everything. She had a very supportive husband, her children were, you know, not in trouble and, you know, doing good in school, and she had a great home and blah, 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 blah. And as many of us do, you know, when we, have, when we don't have a purpose in life and we have all the conveniences and all the things that we could ever desire, then that can make life really difficult. And so she came seeking this, this, uh, these answers, right, how to feel better about life, find joy in life again. But it was so obvious that she was looking for the answers outside of her, and she, was, she kept wanting me to give her the answer on how to feel better. And so we went into a mushroom space and she was just, you know, just really having a tough time. Why am I so miserable? Why help, help, why help? And she came to me or I went over and sat beside her and she was laying on the ground and I just sat, I sat, you know, maybe a foot or so from her Uh, and she reached out and grabbed my foot. And I was like, okay, you're going to keep trying to clutch on. You're going to keep trying to find the answer somewhere else. And so I jumped out of my body. Like I, I left. And when I did, she like immediately, she just panicked. Like her physical body, she was just like, <gasps> like she knew I was, I was gone. Like I, what I did was like, I closed my, I closed my eyes and went into this deep space. And I, I was just like interacting with her energetic being. Right. And I could just feel it was beyond her hand grabbing my foot I could feel her energy trying to like cling on to mine and so I know this sounds kind of out there but inside of myself I opened up a hole right and I just jumped in it like it was a rabbit hole Just whoop! and as soon as I did that it was she physically jolted and it was like I was at that point a mile away from her but I could still see her Energy body, if you will, and and she was just like flailing and alone, and you could and I, and and th- there was absolutely a satisfaction in doing that because I knew that I was doing what was best for her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that I want to leave someone abandoned, or and I didn't. You know, I was still there with her physically and and to some extent energetically, um, but I left her on her own
1: mm.
0: and eventually in that session she came to kind of a a place of stability and I never physically left her I stayed there with her for like another hour or so and kind of ease back into it and there's a lot of levels that we're working on that are hard to describe but um, still throughout the the week that we worked together she was continued to seek these answers in mm-hmm. other people. And and she knew at that point that I wasn't going to be the one that she could cling on to. So I saw her, like, try to do it to other people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the week ended and we all went home and she was still grasping for other people to show her the answer. But I feel very confidently that that encounter that we had where I've just dropped it, and I was like, nope. It forced her to... Realized that she had to find it in herself Mm -hmm. and it took about three months i mean i know from ongoing conversations with her and check-ins that she you know struggled significantly and and couldn't find that place until about three months later Mm -hmm. when i don't know what exactly it was clicked but something clicked and she realized i've got to do this yeah and so there was like I think that's a very important thing for people who are in leadership roles t- to understand is that you also have to have a lot of patience and faith, and you have to allow the process to work itself out and not try to you know, push the thing into happening. And that right. means that the people that you're leading or the people that you're working with that don't understand that, they're going to think that for a while they're going to think maybe you don't care or maybe Mm -hmm. you're not there or that things are all kinds of fucked up. But if you are a leader that knows that has, you know, that again, there's a significant level of wisdom there, then, then you have to be patient and faithful and allow the process to unfold and know that the people will be better off because Mm -hmm. in your leadership, you let go. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. I think about how tempting it is in that coaching space when a client is having that call it like a generative moment, a moment where things are coming together and realizations are happening Mm -hmm. and there's been an issue like how, why is this happening? How is this happening? What am I doing to to get these results and I'm not getting the results that I want and I've done all these things and nothing's changing. And as the coach, the person from the outside who's looking in, it's oftentimes pretty clear what mm-hmm. they're doing. Yeah. And you know, however, <laughs> it doesn't usually help to just tell them right? because you know, they have to get to an understanding within themselves and that's you know the art of coaching is helping someone see what a lot of people can already see from the outside. And it's so tempting to jump in and just tell them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in that space and you know that that silence that happens when someone's realizing what you know they've been doing that's getting them the results that they're getting. But it's scary. That feeling of, I don't want to, I don't want to admit, like, I don't want to admit to myself. Like that woman that you're describing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she knew within herself what she needed to do. And, and that's it. Like she knew that intuition, we all have that intuition that guides us. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's just scary to admit I guess that we know what we need to do. And it, yeah. it, once we admit it, we need to make, th- then it's time to make the changes and making the changes. And,
0: and it's usually until you have no other choice, but to make those changes.
1: Right. It's yeah. like what I was talking, what we were talking about in the last episode about all about attitude and my social media and app management. And I've known mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a month now. Yeah, And I've said it to you what <laughs> I needed to do. And you said it and I'm like, nah, like, and I but I know mm-hmm. there's this deep this voice deep within that is always telling us <laughs> like mm-hmm. what we know will help and uh just letting go and listening to that voice can be can be challenging mm-hmm. sometimes
0: because it is the quiet voice
1: yeah so so you mentioned just letting The people that you work with find their own answers, which is really powerful.
0: Yeah, which usually means asking effective questions, right? Mm. That's what I I feel like is one of my better skills in the psychedelic space uh, and just in working with people is that I am usually pretty good at asking effective questions, like Mm open-ended questions, not necessarily leading questions, but... Uh, that will that questions that will hopefully help people unlock their own solutions, because like you said, you just know it, I've seen it so many times that you can point things out to people all day long and uh until they see it for themselves until they start telling themselves until we start telling ourselves
1: mm-hmm. a different
0: story. It's just gonna be paradigms on repeat,
1: mhm, yeah exactly yeah thank you for doing that with me so often I notice you asking me questions like is that maybe I think you're the
0: person that I'm most you know it's our families that get we're with all the time and we lose patience and we you know but I do feel like you're the person that I'm most normally like make suggestions (laughs) too. Yeah, I guess you do ask me a lot of leading
1: questions. Like, is that really what you want to (laughs) do? Well, you know, I don't know if
0: that's a leading question. And you do the same thing. You're really, really good at that too. I don't, like, doing that in the psychedelic space is a pretty different beast. But in normal life, you're pretty good about that with me. I mean, there's a lot of things that you've been really patient with and just... Kind of ask me some questions here and there that, like, I know what you're trying to get me to think about, but the fact that you do ask the question without, you ask the questions without a demand for an answer, right? You just put it out there and then walk away. Mm. It's really helpful.
1: Wow. Good job, me.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you're a gr- you're an excellent leader. You really are. Thank you. Yeah. You lead by example so well
1: awesome thank you well that is helpful for my paradigm around being a leader Mm. to hear that so thank you so what what steps do you think like if you could pick uh, something that would help you be an even more effective leader uh, what would that be Uh, do you think
0: fully and 100 percent? i recognize that like when something's not a good fit just recognizing it from go it's not a good fit I yeah because i do try to like give people in situations the benefit of the doubt and you know and that can be a helpful thing there are times when it pays off but you know you already know like the people that i have given the benefit of the doubt to or who have had a little, a little bit more patience with and that they've you know to the end of the day they've come around to do the thing that I knew that they had inside them I knew from go that they would the ones that didn't and the ones that I did have to like eventually say all right look this is not a good fit I knew from go that it wasn't that they weren't going to figure that out with me or with us in our group Mm -hmm. so you know that's what I really I've had a lot of lessons in the last uh, you know few months and years that have helped to make that more visible and while it still has its challenges, I'm confident that I'm getting better at that. and uh, just want to keep improving on it. You know, follow your, follow that little voice, follow your intuition. Yeah. Like you said, we it's all know.
1: It's, it's definitely an art to balance what we were talking about before, that piece about giving that power to others to lead mm. and well you
0: know where this what this really this really brings up for me that I'm I'm kind of just now consciously becoming aware of this is that someone who is going to be a good leader, follower, team member is someone that will do the work that needs to be done without any reward. They're doing the work because they want to do it and it needs to be done. If there's somebody that you've got to be keep like putting a carrot in front of them and saying, "Well, if you just do this, if you know, I'll give you this reward," like that's that's not the kind of person that I want on my team because mm-hmm. I I have worked for so many years on projects, the mushroom. I mean, something that I have been so passionate about, and for so long didn't make any money. Right now, sanctuary, it's it's. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm working to set myself up so that I'm not making any money from the church anyway. You know, the, the average salary of a, uh, quote, minister in the U.S. is $100,000 a year. Like, I'm not, I, I am striving very hard to get other projects going that are bringing in revenue so that I don't have to, you know, get financial reimbursement from this organization that is a heart centered project I want other people to be able to get paid and to have mm. a salary and whatnot but like that's not why I'm doing this and so people that are willing to work for free and do the work that needs to be done without having to constantly be given some promise of a reward that is a big big indicator that those are the people that that I want on my team mm,
1: wow so yeah that's that is a um, a topic that has so many layers, like doing work that you see the benefit in doing, whether you get paid or not mm-hmm. and uh purpose
0: like what's your fucking purpose in life? Why are you here? Right. It's not to make money, you know, making money should be an outcome of fulfilling your purpose, yeah, and so. Like, I want to be working with, I deserve to be working with people who are purpose driven because that's what I am.
1: Yeah, there's a saying that leaders understand that if a person is not prepared to do more than they're being paid for, they'll never be paid for more than what they're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Say yeah, th- read that. Yeah, again. I'll say
1: that again. Leaders understand that if a person isn't prepared to do more than they are currently being paid for, they will never be paid for more than what they are currently Mm. doing. Yeah,
0: no, that's so true. And it's something that I didn't, I, I was unconsciously aware of how frustrating that was for me when, you know, you work with people and they're like constantly wanting, you know, greater compensation for less work. And like, that's why, because those people are, are, Like, they're a a burden on progress. You're Mm -hmm. going to have to work very hard and get paid later, period. That's life. If you want to get something done, if you want to follow your purpose, and you want to be on mission in your life, then you've just got to wake up and fucking do the thing and not expect that somebody's going to pay you to do the thing.
1: Yeah, that's always like being a manager of a team, and um, I love – I love like promoting from within versus like, you know, hiring people from outside, like when possible, but like seeing people on the team, like when there's a new position available and you have, there's like five people that want the job and only one person that's currently asking regularly what they can do to help while that job is being filled. Like, I know I'm being paid this and my role is this, yeah. but right now I know that the team is in need and yeah. I'm willing to do whatever it takes for the team right now uh, You know, without being compensated more for it. Yeah. I just want to help. I know we need help and I'm here. Yeah. And, and like that's the attitude. I'm like, well, you got the job. Well, that's, <laughs> what,
0: that's what makes a <laughs> successful person. Successful people do the things that mm-hmm. the unsuccessful people don't want to do. They do the things that the other people don't want to do because it needs to be done, period. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a thing that needs to be done. I want to help do it. Okay, boom, you just promoted yourself.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, that's so powerful. You know, we talk a lot about purpose, you know, being, uh, fulfilling our purpose, doing meaningful things that are purposeful. And so, like, what does that mean to you? How do you know that, something is your purpose
0: oh because i think about it doing it when i'm not getting paid for it yeah that's it like what are the things that i love to do that i don't need any compensation for yeah like anything around mushrooms mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> not uh, anything. Not, ta- not taxonomy you know there's a lot of things yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but working for this thing which really ultimately is working towards like liberation You know Mm -hmm. that's what that's what it embodies for me is the psilocybin anyway is working towards individual liberation uh which is inspiration so like i don't need anything like when i'm encouraging people and you know you see me do this sometimes and like i get on a kind of like on a thing like i'm like you know really trying to build somebody up or trying to inspire through whatever it is that i'm doing Mm -hmm. uh, which is generally you know mycologically focused then that is my purpose so that's what i I would encourage people to do like you know there's there have been a number of people who have kind of encountered me and been like oh this guy's found his purpose and this is what lights him up so i should do the same thing this is probably what should light me up too and it's like no again this is that same thing of like put the ball back in their lap get the fuck away from me you go find out what lights you up go sit in the fucking darkness for a little bit and Feel the things that inspire you. Mm-hmm. You know. There's 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 so many amazing things in this world. And we're all very different. And so you know. I really encourage everybody that's listening to. If you don't know. If you're trying to think like. What is my purpose in life. What lights you up. What brings you real joy. Because it's really that. That's the purpose in life. Is to live a joyful life. And for everybody that means a different thing. Mhm. So, definitely. Thank you joy. for
1: thank you for embracing that purpose that you have. It has helped me tremendously to just see you doing the thing that you love to do.
0: That's interesting. I don't, I don't know where where or when that came about, you know. Like I guess it was kind of a gradual thing, but I don't know when I was thinking about this the other day. I went up to the store and there's a guy working the register and he's a really cool guy. I see him there all the time. He's just very friendly. And, and as I left the place, I thought to myself, I'm so glad that I don't work a job like that. But I'm so glad that he does because he's grateful for it and he's got a great attitude. And, and I started thinking, you know, like when did I decide that I was not going to do anything like that ever again? There was a point
1: mm-hmm. that
0: I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing anything that doesn't light me up. Period. Um, and you know, that's my intention. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, fully set on living a life where the way that I feed my family and the way that I grow my community is through whatever inspires passion in myself and brings joy mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, yeah. And I I've encourage everyone to do the same. I love
1: seeing, um, being with you for eight years now seeing your different passions come together Mm -hmm. uh you know teaching like you used to be a teacher for a while Mm -hmm. and then uh mushrooms and then like growing mushrooms like first it was like foraging mushrooms and then it was growing mushrooms and then like combining education and mushrooms and then like you know helping other people and you know combining that like leading retreats and Mm. helping people live more meaningful lives and and it's just like watching all those things grow and Mm. learn to work together has been really awesome and inspiring for me and i know so many other people and
0: thanks yeah i think the next the next thing that i want to get to um in time you know and it's a it's a weird thing to try to to dance around but you know uh how do i even want to say it you know one of the most important things that the that the mushrooms have taught me about is um uh, i don't know if I want to go here like i'm i'm thinking like i i i would love to find an outlet an avenue to share you know, like the work that Montauk Chia does around sexual energy and health and well being and um like that's such it's such an important part of our lives. It's like it's kind of a log, along the same lines as as the way that I felt about psychedelics ten years ago is that mm. you know, psychedelics are such a profound and important part of healing and well being and they were so taboo and sexuality is so similar it's like we either have like closeted sexuality or we have pornographic sexuality Mm -hmm. and there's no there's very little conversation about how sexuality contributes to physical health emotional health Mm -hmm. energetic health and that is something that you know, I have been studying. It is a passion of mine. It's such, like, b- the vast majority of people really enjoy sex, right? Mm-hmm. And yet this is something that we either fetish- fetishize and, and turn into some kind of, like, weird obsessive behavior, or it's something that we, like, hush-hush and don't talk about. Mm-hmm. My experiences, like my personal experiences taking mushrooms have helped me understand my sexuality so much better, not in terms of the physical aspect, but in terms of the energetic aspect of it. And that is an element that is, is very seldomly talked about in terms of sexuality. And so I do, I do hope that eventually I can find some kind of an avenue to fold that into a lot of these uh, to the same work Mm -hmm. you know so i don't know it's a i I think about my life i'm 42 now i think Mm -hmm. somewhere in that range um and where my life has gone from being a middle school teacher to a mushroom farmer to a psychedelic retreat to now i'm kind of all of those things you know uh and I often wonder, you know like where's where's this road going? Where am I yeah. going Where am I gonna be in ten years from now? Uh, and it's exciting to think about and just kind of trying to get intuitions of that and that's that's one kind of one form of leadership that I, I do want to be able to take more of an active role in is in like not it's not just sex positivity, you know because mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm not an exhibitionist, I'm not like, trying to like you know there's like I do have my boundaries and my limits but there are applications and understandings that the vast majority of humans on this planet are they don't even realize they don't even realize that it's a part of this Mm -hmm. aspect of their life and I I would very much love to find a way in time when the time is right to help become more aware of what that part of our lives uh, with a potential in that part of our lives yeah so anyway yeah i'm
1: time confident that that'll make itself more yeah, clear as time on. goes on yeah. yeah
0: well you know and again even with that like you having a partner that allows me to just like openly explore and converse around these things is mm-hmm. so crucial in that uh, because you know a lot of people would be having a podcast with their spouse or in a conversation with their spouse and friends and like their spouse would just cringe if they start talking about sexuality, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, what has created you and I and everyone and it's that life force. So I acknowledge, I'm very grateful that I was raised in a overall sex positive environment and, has allowed me to be at this place where I'm at today with talking about sex and in a way where I feel like it's not like I don't have to whisper mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. and behind closed doors like it's a much more comfortable thing for me to talk about than a lot of people so I'm very grateful for that mm-hmm, Me too. And yeah so thank you all for joining us on this episode and uh, till next time Take care.
0: Yep. my love.